The year is 1994. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Variant cover. Variant Cover A. This is our first Variant Cover episode of the year. The Variant Covers are where we like to take a little pause, a little break in between the Comics Reading Club, talk about what we've been reading, talk about what's going on in the world of comics and pop culture at large today. And, uh, and just have some fun and answer some listener questions, perhaps most importantly. My Marvelous Year is the Reading Club, where we go through the history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. And as you guessed from the name here, we are up to the year 1994. We're in the mid-90s now. I want to talk today a little bit about kind of what's going on in the mid-90s, because we really haven't given a heck of a lot of context as mm-hmm. we've been talking. But I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. I am joined for this variant cover issue by the Zack Maker, the Zack Daddy, Zack the Snack, Zack Attack, the Zack Pack. It's Zack Dean. How's it going, Zack? Good. I'm desperately trying to think of something else that rhymes with Zack. Um, <laughs> I didn't listen. Use your. Have um, you, are hey, you playing hey, Wordle I'm, yet? Are you playing Wordle? This, yeah, yeah. This episode, Wordle I'm going to give you some Zack Flack. Some hey, Zach, I, I get a, so much Zach Flack. You, you get would a lot not of Zach Flack. Yeah, <laughs> more than anyone. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Wordle train. I'm. I am also. I'm on the Wordle train. I'm fully off talking about Wordle every day. <laughs> like I in the Slack. Were, yeah. were you like heavily like talk like talking about it like like every word kind of thing? No, like because uh, I, I just share it. I just share it with my wife. Like I got my wife to do it. Yeah, she yeah, got her mom I mean. to do it. Like that's my crew. Like we have like two. I mean the and they clobber me every thread time. that starts every day. And people like share in the thread like their scores for the day and sometimes talk about it. But uh, I got pretty worn out <laughs> those discussions. And then the thing that's a little mystifying to me no no shade to people who are doing this, but like oh, shades come tweet, tweeting your score every day. I'm I'm not sure what the engagement you think you're going to get is. <laughs> you, you know like, what? I, I, I will I will credit those folks it. for doing that though yeah. because it got me it made me aware of this craze <laughs> enough it's to true. check it out. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, because I saw it for like a week, and I was like, "What are these boxes?" Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I was like, "This is I don't want any part of this." And then I looked up what it was, and I was like, "I love this." <laughs> uh, yes, of course, I yeah. want to do this. Um, so yeah, no, we, my wife and I, do one uh, every morning now, and it's fun. And she beats me every time. I'm yet to Ooh, do one faster pretty, than her. Uh, <laughs> we're which pretty is, neck and neck. Yeah, no, oh, f- oh, just faster. I, mar- I married up. I married up in the intellect department. <laughs> big well, time. I mean, I, I'm I'm married to a a PhD, so. Uh... Yeah, I shouldn't. I should not imply I that my you wife didn't. Is, my wife that's is better, rude. So, yeah. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> um, that's not what I meant there. But yeah, no, more just compliment. No, I just thought we were comparing wives, just because you know that's. Uh, I would win. Right, right. No, you married a, a doctor wife, and I yeah. married. I married a master wife, actually. So. Oh really? Like, listen. Like, I know a doctorate is harder, <laughs> but master wife yeah. sounds a lot cooler. Let me tell you, it, it kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a master wife for like. About two years, but she, uh, <laughs> she, she shed that. And, she cha- uh, yeah, yeah, she changed her ways. No, that's too bad. Too bad. All right, so... All right, this um, is Wife Talk. This is the uh, Wife Podcast. We're, we're that's taking, true. We're taking all calls today about uh, if someone wants to compare their wives to our wives and uh, try to beat our wives 
well, not Peter Weiss. Uh, all right, let's move on from this. <laughs> <laughs> phrasing phrasing yep. immediately went down the tubes. Uh, we're going to have to cancel yeah, wife off show. this segment. Uh, <laughs> I think we just have to cancel wives. The, the, the whole we're canceling whole wives. It's too da- yeah. it's too dangerous for men to talk about wives. So we're just going to have to cancel wives. in this cultural climate. Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah, uh, and uh, we are going to have to start. Wife. We're going to have to start 1994 part. Uh, what's next? Part three with an apology from you to wives. <laughs> I think <laughs> <laughs> that's coming next. Uh, in the meantime, though, again, um, this is the episode where we, uh, as you can tell, don't have. <laughs> A totally locked-in comics agenda, but we will take it there. Uh, Some things I want to talk about today, Zach. I want to talk a little bit about context for 1994 and kind of what was going on this year. Um, I think some of this stuff will come up naturally as we talk about, like, the Clone Saga and Marvel Editorial. But, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the last episode of 1994. Um, So I kind of want to share a little bit about that ahead of time for listeners who might not know. I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in media right now. We got the Book of Boba Fett on Disney+. Plus. We got Peacemaker just dropped on HBO. Um, I know you haven't watched either of these, but nonetheless, I want to share a little bit, um, and I, I think we can talk about them very broadly. It will be a spoiler-free conversation on that front for sure. Uh, and then uh, and then we'll get to some listener questions, okay? So I think that is yeah. the agenda for today. Yeah. So the first thing. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Anime. Or not anime, manga. Oh, right, I right. I talk about manga, too. Right. You're, you're getting into manga. Now. You've that, been reading manga I'm familiar with, so I want to talk about it. That's true. We have to... Um, we have to initiate a little a little manga talk a little manga segment mm-hmm. uh we're going to yeah. talk maybe a little akira pr- definitely some full metal alchemist uh so all right so yeah, we're coming we're for coming that. for you chip zadarsky debeoki and david brothers manga explaining yeah manga explaining is very it's a very good remember. podcast with very good uh hosts and and critics and and comic creator chip zadarsky mm-hmm. um it is a shame that they stepped on my manga this year so hard, I guess. I yeah. um, not that we ever would have <laughs> had anywhere near the cred or uh, attention in the comics community, but it is like totally what we no, would be I doing, watch, right? I watch a decent amount of manga or anime and read some manga, so I think I'm kind of an authority. You're kind of a big deal in although the, although in the they community. do have the yeah, I guess that's true. Like they have like three or four hosts. I haven't listened in a long time. They have three or four hosts who are like very like work in the industry, and then they have Chip Zdarsky, who's like, "This is my first manga." <laughs> yeah, uh, which is a good pr- perspective. It kind of does the same thing we do. It's a good premise, and they're all great. Uh, David Brothers has been a guest on the show, mm-hmm. um, long time yep. yeah, fan of his work. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, it's um, it's a good show, and we are now their dreaded rivals. Um, the second yes. we start talking about Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, we cannot this? recommend it beyond this point. I would say, you know, right now I can say it's a good show, but the second we start talking about manga, they are one of our biggest rivals, um, and we're not going to be able to recommend them anymore. Yeah, it's 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 manga-splaining, Joe Rogan show, and Come to Daddy, is that what it's called? Call Me Daddy? Come, whatever that, come Daddy, whatever come. Whatever that Barstool spot. Okay. I don't, is I don't, that not that, it? Uh, whatever. So that Barstool Sports podcast. Those are our three biggest rivals. Well, I don't think rivals. I don't think Rogan's in the rival sphere anymore because I just saw... He's having a bad week. Yeah. yeah, I saw a Twitter headline that scientists were calling him out for his rabid COVID misinformation campaigns. Um, and honestly, I just don't feel like he's up to our level anymore. Um, I feel like mm. he's, he's taken such a hit <laughs> that I no longer view him. Here's the thing, though. I guess until Aaron Rodgers calls one of us for advice... For medical mm-hmm. advice, I yeah. it, I am jealous. I will say until that time, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little jealous of his audience. Uh, but you know what people don't realize is like I just don't talk about it. But like Bears players call me all the time uh, for medical oh, advice. Yeah, like course. we just and don't just talk Bears about it in general. The the the, the 
classification of gay man. Yeah, no, we get calls from bears a lot. Actually, like truly, here's the thing about here's the thing about the comic book Herald audience on YouTube. It's a lot of bears. Eighty-five percent bears. Eighty-five percent. Like this is a very. It's probably like a very twink heavy demographic. No, no, no. It's secretly a bear majority. Is twink offensive? Is twink not offensive? Is that just like the contrast to bears? I don't think so. I hope not. I'm pretty sure it's not. I think it's uh, it's just kind of a. I'm just I'm just gonna write down here. So next episode, wife apology. Yeah. Episode after that's gonna be a twink <laughs> apology. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna type in quick right here. Twink offensive question oh, mark. That's a rabbit Google. hole. Yeah, that's a rabbit hole. Uh, no, I don't I don't think so. I'm seeing. So it, I've uh, I've had this thought. Well, here's 21 words the gay the the queer community has reclaimed. So maybe maybe uh, Twink's probably in that. I would have to think. Yeah. All right. Um, I apologize if that is the case. Like I didn't think. I know. I, I, I genuinely. I genuinely don't know. I don't, I've seen it used like it's not. So I'm. I'm not like suggesting yeah. that it is. I just. But that I, might be by uh, people who are gay and actually you know reappropriating it. So. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, it might be more of that. Um. All right. So so anyway. So that's our demographic. How, how did we get? Um, it's no, no. Not... I, I just wanted to ask, what was the podcast we pitched that was about like comparing? It was bears on bears. Life? It was, was it we want we want like... two bears, two gay men, two burly gay men to discuss the Chicago Bears. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Which, if again, like if this is not a thing, make it happen, world. Uh, I, really I don't good idea like. I don't understand how that that would be the biggest sports podcast in the world. Like a sports podcast with that pitch but yeah that, that's a very funny idea the downside is the bears are not very fun to talk about like the chicago bears well, it doesn't are not have that fun to, to talk be about. just bears come on i don't i don't know anything about them but that's fair i mean you could talk about football broadly um do you want to talk playoffs <laughs> to the playoffs are you, uh, so, are you a patriots fan like, i feel like you are no 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 green bay green bay packers you're a packers fan oh yeah since when because, uh since i was 12 and i got a packers hoodie and then i decided i like the packers and then i never followed football again incredible incredible i was a packers fan until like the fourth or fifth grade probably the fifth grade because my dad's a packers mm-hmm. fan he's from wisconsin okay. um and it was a great time to be a packers fan they were in the super bowl brett Favre, heyday um that was awesome but then like around like fifth grade i started becoming like a contrarian in my family um mm-hmm. and also sort of realized that like when you live in a suburb of Chicago, it's not cool to be a Packers fan. <laughs> like that's not that's not like ideal. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I I went through a few years of like just like sports nomadhood, where I was just like adopting everyone. Like <laughs> I have I have a framed photo from 1996, the year the Bulls played the Jazz in the finals, Michael Jordan's last championship, Last Dance covers mm-hmm. this, right? Everybody's seen it. Um, I have a framed photo that says the Utah Jazz welcome Dave Busing for my birthday that my aunt and uncle got me because I insisted I was a jazz fan. (laughs) (laughs) I have no memory of being a jazz fan, but I was such a weird little contrarian. Well, yeah, I had the same thing because like when I was like 12 or 13, I realized like, oh, well, interesting. Everyone's just a fan of the team that they happen to be born near. Like Mm -hmm. it's like even dweebier version of being like well you're only a christian because you were born in a majority christian uh country right like that oh, it's of. much it's much dweebier than that yeah it's so like i was like yeah. i'm not gonna be a red Sox or a patriots fan like i'm not gonna i can't even remember who the oh there's no basketball team for new england it's you know being like well into, boston uh, celtics right oh yeah i forgot about that <laughs> um yeah, so I like deliberately was like, well, I like the Packers, I like the Minnesota Twins, and I am a uh, and I'm Chicago Bulls fan because also it was like 
you know, because you got to be a Bulls fan. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so you're a, you're a Midwest boy. I love it. I just add, you know, I arbitrarily chose them because I also was like, well, it's just as arbitrary that you would be a Red Sox fan because you yeah, were yeah. born in New England. <laughs> you know, yeah. just so obnoxious. <laughs> Which goes over great in the Boston bars, right? Right? Like, that's a, uh, that's yeah, a when real I was fun 12, conversation. 13, hanging out in the Boston bars. Gosh, you lived in those bars. <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> lived in them bars. All right, yeah. All so, right, okay, so that's our sports fanhood. Um, I guess we could talk about comics next. Uh, so, yeah, so what I was getting to is we're talking about 1994 comics today. Um, what I wanted to give in terms of context for these comics we're discussing is not the best time <laughs> for comics right we are I, I think you know we've alluded to this a bunch so like i don't know that it's spoiler a bull but you know marvel's heading towards bankruptcy in 1996 okay that's a big thing that happens here and oh, spoiler exactly <laughs> and what uh you know like the here's the thing is like we've talked about the boom you know we talked about the huge boom of comics into 1991 all these sales records the launch of image um the fact that like comics were at their absolute hottest and basically that collector market starts to crash kind of towards the end of 1993 and especially into 1994 so like that's the context and that's the territory for where Marvel comics are um, as we, you know, talk about comics that are coming out this year. And one thing we, I don't know that we talked about at all, maybe, maybe you and Charlotte or a guest did on, you know, some of the other podcasts um, is like 1993, like that's the death of Superman year. And mm -hmm. I don't remember talking about this, but that's a big flipping deal um, because DC does their death of Superman story arc, which a lot of people still rep for. I, I actually think it's not very good. Um, I, I think the follow-ups a that, lot more that, interesting. That main, uh, really, I think that main core, like the actual main thing, is uh, is engaging, and then it's so I, I haven't I haven't really given it a shot since I was a teenager, but I remember being into it when I read the thing, uh, you know, when I was like eighteen. Read, read sure. the actual death of Superman, and then it was the post Superman thing that I was like, oh wait, he's actually gone, and I just have to follow like Superboy with his cool four, sunglasses, four weirdos, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, uh, I, I do think if you're doing the My DC me. year through 93, like that, I'm those Superman there. comics yeah. probably click. Um, mm -hmm. Because yeah. in the moment, I think it's 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 definitely eventful, right? And, but it gets like yeah. it gets all this mainstream attention. It sets all sorts of sales records for DC. Um, that's kind of the, I don't know if it's the last, but it's definitely one of the biggest final pushes for like comics are the biggest flipping thing. And they sell like gangbusters. And kind of once that happens... And it's like, all right, death of stories. That's that's where it's at. Then the market and the collectorship really, really starts to burst. I think because, um, like, you know, it's been two, three years, and all these people who were like, yeah, I got my copies of X Force to pay for my, you know, grandkids, um, you know, college tuition or whatever. Um, they're mm -hmm. starting to see like it doesn't look like that's going to happen. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't look <laughs> yeah, like that right. that payoff is probably there. So, so that is hurting the comics market here's a stat and this is from the excellent um let me look at the title here and get this right american comic book chronicles the 1990s this is by jason Sachs and keith dallas if you're interested in the history of comics the medium the publication um this book is very very good uh they do a great job with like the full history of what's going on and all the publishers and all that uh, but here's a quote from that book, it says, In 1993, there were over 9,000 comic book retailers nationwide. One year later, 40% of them were gone. That is <laughs> that is wild. That is absolutely Crazy. wild. I mean, so, so many must just been pop up like, we got to get in on this. Right? Oh, totally. We got we to buy a bunch of comics and we got to, you know, be in whatever small town. Every, every main street will need a little comic shop. 
Exactly. Exactly. I mean, so it's so it's like, like vape shops now. <laughs> Honestly, it probably was like vape shops. Vape shop that's boom. funny. Yeah, that's probably it true. It probably was like that boom. Where is the vape like, trend? Oh. Is the vape trend done? Like, are, are, are we done I, vaping, or are people still I, like? I'm not sure. I think they that. might be around because they're just kind of replacing cigarettes to some degree. Yeah. Um, right. But like my small town in uh, in Connecticut, when we were still there, like I had this tiny little main street, and it had a coffee shop, like. Two or three restaurants and three vape shops, <laughs> right? So like, yeah, and, and you know they had all shown up in the last couple of years. So I think similar similar thing probably. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, vape shops and uh, slot slot shots because we didn't we gambling wasn't legal in Illinois for the longest time. So now they're like these little slots pop ups oh, okay. all over the place. So those are the yeah, two I things in strip malls where I'm like, what? <laughs> like, but they they're like everywhere. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. So it's it's a bad time. For the comics retailer market, um, it, it, which, you know, obviously means comics aren't selling as hot. It doesn't mean the death of comics because literally nothing does or can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously the boom that Marvel was feeling um, is is no more. And I do think it's kind of interesting to consider that in terms of like the quality of what's coming out, the comics we're talking about. Um, just kind of, you know, because like in 91, 92, you have something that we don't talk a lot about, but it's like you have financial support and you have sort of waves of success behind those books does that actually make them better <laughs> than what we're going to read in 94 95 where we start getting into the territory of like yeah everybody working here feels like they're on a sinking ship and you know like they're just trying to churning <laughs> things out yeah, before yeah. they you know get their severance package you know what i mean like they're the yeah. attitudes have to matter in some regard um although in some stories you couldn't tell it you know like reading marvel's 1994 you would never well, guess yeah, that we, like this came out about, in a down year can we talk about that for a second because this year that you and, and i think this is partially the list and i kind of want you to speak to this um i'm like looking through what we read in 1984 and what we're going to read and like when, when we talk about 90s excess like yeah. i don't i don't see it reflected on the list but that might just be because you trimmed it out right like we read marvels and we read scarlet i mean maybe clandestine <laughs> might be that a little bit but like scarlet witch is like scarlet witch deadpool gambit like they, they don't they're not great but like they don't they don't have that Liefeld over the top, uh, you know, like explosive. This is all just action and covers to get people hooked. Um, but there's no real substance behind it. They feel like just kind of the same stuff we were getting in the 80s. You know, maybe like mediocre, okay comics. Um, Force Force works maybe a little bit of the 90ing, 90sing of uh, of like older properties. I mean, I think. Like, bes- oh, go ahead, go ahead. But but besides that, it just feels like yeah, this is you know a continuation and a. S- slow of evolving of uh, of eighties comics with like Peter David still doing Hulk like X Men is you know starting to like come down from the um, the image comic guys you know like explosion a little bit like not not in popularity but in like style right like it feels like it's starting to get a little bit more calmer <laughs> and a little more grounded maybe yeah um so like I, I'm just curious like do you think that's something where the reputation is a little overblown or do you think that's something where my marvelous year just sidesteps that because you sidestepped it when you made these lists. I think I think a big part of it is I sidestep because it. I think the place where it's probably the most notable is the mm-hmm. Avengers verse, and because you see Cap bulk up and mm-hmm. uh, and fight villains that are more in line with you know the Punisher trend and and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, you see the Fantastic Four, right? We've talked about you know. Sue Storm gets her sexy boob window, her four her four window, and everybody and gets it is, guns. Oh, it is sexy. 
Yeah, right? like no, we, I'm, there's no, there's no irony. Is sexy. <laughs> there's yeah. zero irony when I say that. Um, but everybody gets these giant guns, right? And uh, and which I guess isn't the Avengers verse. That's just FF. But like, and you get Thor with Thunderstrike, which is like a '90s attempt at you know rejuvenating that property. And we just don't read a ton of that because those are never those aren't the books that that grab me or feel like they're essential or necessary. So I think a big part of it is the stuff that is the most maybe heavily swayed by the trends of the decade um, don't feel like the most relevant to me in terms of story and in terms of narrative and in terms of continuity. Uh, I, I think another big piece of it, though, is like in X-Men, that that shift is just there. Like it happens in with the Liefeld entrance and with Jim Lee and and everyone else, and then it just stays, right? So like when we read X-Men comics from 93, 94, 95 and on, They've been '90sified because that's where the wave started, you know. Like in in a lot of ways, like that's that's where the image revolution really like gets its bones is doing X Men stuff, and then that style just stays. So I think it's that's that to me is like well, X Men comics don't just feel like a continuation of what Claremont and Paul Smith <laughs> were doing in 1985. Um, they get heavily optimized for the culture, and uh, and and that's like. That's the most notable thing. Spider-Man um, with the Clone Saga, I, I don't... I, I'll have to, as we reread it, consider, like, does this feel like it's trying to capture the 90s zeitgeist? Or is it... Does Clone Saga... Is Clone Saga associated with the 90s just because that's when it happened and it's sort of just mm-hmm. a sign of Marvel excess and this impending collapse into bankruptcy, right? Like, well, there's also, like, two? I mean, I, it's interesting to think how those two things are tied, right? Like... Because Marvel excess is that the publication excess of, like, we're going to be putting out five times as many comics as we did a few years ago? Or is it the excess in, like, the, the you know, the action movie excess, the turning it up, like, everything cranked up to 11? But yeah. also are those tied in together? Because, like, if you're just churning out comics to get them off the shelves, then maybe the thing that you're like, well, this is going to sell because teen boys are going to lose their mind over all these pouches, right? Like, guns and pouches. Um then, you know, you're not putting as much care into the stories and they are becoming a little bit more just, like, products pushed out. Yeah. Just, like, imitating a style that you think will sell rather than, you know, uh, a little bit more, um, you know, artistic intent behind it. Which, I mean, Um, you know, that's that reminds me of the other piece that we aren't talking about as much, but, like, I don't put a ton of Ghost Rider. I don't put a ton of Punisher. I don't put a ton of Solo Wolverine. Um, We did Reinforce Works. All the stuff that actually is the most you know representative of the 90s push for basically heroes who kill like mm-hmm. is the is that or who hurt is sort of the defining trend there um that stuff is not high in midnight suns right and all the the sort of supernatural 90sification going on there with morbius and and um and blade and and all those that stuff's not like super high on my list so um yeah, I mean that that's another piece that you're missing. So it, it is, you know, it's part yeah. of the the Mind of Your Journey where it's like I'm taking you through the comics that I think most best represent sort of Marvel comics and the the legacy and the history that matters. Um that's not necessarily the same thing as well it's definitely not the same thing as like you know just going through looking at a spinner rack of what's available month by month, you know, and getting a feel for exactly what the style is. Um so cuz cuz some of the stuff like you said like Marvel's is its own thing. It is not, yeah, sure. you know, Alex Ross is coming in at the age of 23 and painting comics that do not look like 90s comics. Um, mm-hmm. And and we see that with some other runs that we like, you know, like even like Peter David, 
you know, with Gary Frank coming in on issues. Gary Frank doesn't have a style that is like, you know, the Cooper brothers or Jim Lee or Wills Portasio or anything like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. um, you and know, I, I find Gary's style is not like I, I feel like Peter's David style is he's is so firmly rooted in the 80s. Oh, yeah. And then oh, just yeah. like stepping step that forward and making it a little funnier and a little like sexier and like goofing around a little bit more with it. But like more or less, like he is still working in the. I think I, know, I like, think he's stylistically rooted in the 60s, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. He just gets his start in the 80s. Like he's more yeah. the the tree, the writer tree is like Stan Lee for him as the figure. Well, the same way that like Byrne is, but like his actual like formal comic chops are, are I think a little much more modern, right? Like he's not imitating them on that level, but he is like very, um, you know, like lovingly referencing, referencing and pulling forward the 60s stuff like Byrne does. But like, I wouldn't say like, it's the, it's like the Byrne's spirit. Comics. No, it's the spirit of yeah. Stanley. It's not a literal impersonation. It's the modernization and it's the taking that spirit of playfulness yeah. Yeah. and jokes yeah. and mixed with tension and drama. Um, David True. does that. Okay. Yeah, Byrne that's a, that's a does point. that um, to some degree. I, I think those are writers who take sort of they take those influences. Whereas a lot of the you know the, the I think one of the challenging parts I have with this era are the writers who take inspiration from Liefeld. <laughs> you know, as their as their storytelling focus, where it's like okay, so just action all the time and and big wild character introductions, but like you know, like you lose you lose so much. Um, that's why you know, we don't need to talk about this too much, but like that's why I like when Simonson and Liefeld are together with Louis Simonson on those mm-hmm. new mutants issues because totally. because Louis Simonson actually has you know a sense of story developing characters yeah. and storytelling pacing and um, humor occasionally. And, and Liefeld's style can be exciting when it's uh, it's reined in a little bit. Like yeah, sure. And you know it it is it is kind of interesting because it's like Rob Liefeld. I, I, there's a million things we could say, but like he's actually pretty funny. Um, like even when I'm really mad about what he's doing or disagree with something like he has a pretty good sense of humor a lot of times um mm-hmm. whether he means to or not and that just never comes through in his in his comics it's just like totally absent uh which feels like uh yeah i've, I've listened to his podcast a little bit like <clears throat> uh observations is that what it's called sure you tell me yeah yeah he, he's not a disinteresting man <laughs> yeah like, no no uh, disinteresting uninteresting that's not how yeah no that that is definitely works. not the uh not the right term so yeah so anyway that's the backdrop yeah. for for the 90s um for 1994 um i think that 90s excess you know it's it, part of the challenge of making the list here is i think literally like weeding through the 90s excess right like i'm not trying to mm-hmm. yeah give a feel for like hey imagine being overwhelmed by, <laughs> by all these comics that i don't like uh that doesn't appeal to me and but obviously like if you're reading through this and you're like no i want to I want to feel that. I want to feel that weight of what's going on in the culture. Then, like, yeah, read more Punisher, read uh, more Danny Ketch Ghost Rider, um, read all the Midnight Sun stuff. Like that. That one is one actually that I was the closest to putting on the list, but I just can never make myself want to read it. Frankly, um, but all the Midnight Sun stuff, all the Darkhold stuff. But the video game's gonna come out, and you're not gonna be able to resist because you have to do your homework for a video game. Uh, t- you know what? Ah, oh, damn it! You're right. I, okay, so I'm really, <laughs> I'm really bummed about that. Um, that video game does not sound appealing to me. Uh, oh, but I'm you, so but excited. You I'm are so excited. It, okay. It's only because of the uh, the um, the production company because it's the it's the. Well, why? Who made okay, so so tell me, you you know more about the video game culture. Like, why is that a, a cool thing? <clears throat> it's just uh, like XCOM is a game that I've been saying for years and years and years would like 
take the X-Men um, like property and like slot over it. it. It's a it's like a slow move turn based uh, strategy game, like a grid based um, like a cover based uh, what, what's the word combat tactical tactical game. Um, that was and so anyway like I just yeah I'm trying to trying to yeah whatever it's it's turn based tactics. So and, I have uh, a team of X-Men and I pick and, all of and their every, attacks and then everyone does it turn by turn and then I pick again. And it's, you know, it's it's kind of like a little bit D&D based, right? Everyone has their own initiative and then you move in the order to like, uh, you know, you get so many points for moving for um, uh, like distance covered. You get spe- each character has special abilities for, you know, covering other characters and you get percentages based on your shot. It's like all kind of rolling the dice. Okay. Um, but like X- XCOM is really fun. And uh, you fight aliens, but like it's general, you know you have a sniper, a soldier, a tank, a healer, whatever, and then you can customize each of those. And I've always been like, this would be like this is such a great space to like slot in superhero things. I mean, there's so many like genres that you could slot in superheroes, and it would be good. And Marvel seems to like not get that, and it's taking them forever to, uh, you know, like DC and Marvel don't make a ton of video games that are great. Um, They're really slow on the weird ones. On yeah, the it's, it's very. Front. Yeah. Very strange. Um, but this this is one I've always said. And then the same company that makes XCOM is making this. And, like, I, I couldn't be more excited. I, I don't the know thing what I've read, is. The thing I read, though, is because I, I saw that. And a lot of people are like, yeah, XCOM's great. It's going to be super yeah. fun. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll trust that. But then the thing I read in all the press releases, and this is the game we're talking about is Marvel's Midnight Suns. But they're spelling Suns with a U. I think maybe to to avoid the gendering of it. Uh, but maybe it's... Maybe it's something else entirely. Um, but it, it, XCOM, um, in in the interviews with the, the video game company, uh, they've been like, um, yeah, we're not doing that. They're like, we're inventing a new thing. So the yeah, XCOM yeah, seen, stuff it, is like, well, if you're excited about that, XCOM. it doesn't matter because that's not what they're doing, you know? I mean, it's all it's just a good, uh, you know, a good team also. So that that's just exciting because it's like a team I recognize and kind of trust. Like everything they've put out in the last decade has been excellent sure sure so just a, a reputation for quality i i hope it's yeah. good i hope it's good i'm just i'm very i'm very skeptical of what it's gonna be but i was very skeptical of guardians of the galaxy and was pretty down on that when they were like yeah you can only play a star Wars, star lord i was like well that sounds mm-hmm. awful they were like yeah. that sounds yeah. that what a mistake these fools and guardians of the galaxy is my favorite 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 thing ever so um yeah all right the playable roster for midnight sins is going to include iron man cap wolverine doctor strange captain marvel blade ghost rider magic and nico minoru from runaways so uh that will be interesting that will be it'll be an interesting game i'm definitely gonna play it and to your point i'm probably gonna read a lot more midnight suns which thanks a lot thanks a lot i mean so they they uh yeah they they have i'm I'm looking at it now they are not doing the cover-based stealth tactics of XCOM. (laughs) they're switching to a quote bombastic card style similar to that of slay the spire which is a game that i got really into last year slay the spire so uh (laughs) that also sounds very exciting and you like it doing like Doing like a deck builder, yeah, yeah. yeah that's I just, I, I, like instead I of a character exactly. action. When somebody game says to like, me, "Hey, this video game's like a card game," I'm so checked out on that. Like, unless it's Gwent. I mean, I, in the I don't Witcher. think you like. You probably haven't played that many like like card games that are not. Uh, I don't know something like Gwent or uh, Rummy, probably. Your, uh, <laughs> stage. But no, yeah. I, I mean, I, I like you. You should if you wanted to like really check it out. You know, there's a bunch of like. Inscription, the game that I recommended last year as uh, my game of the year. Or uh, Slay the Spire is a great Switch game. Or uh, Monster Train, stuff like that. Um, those are all card games. And those Monster are Train fun. is a good name. Good Monster name. Train's very fun. It's uh, just just a little bit of a Monster Train. 
the uh, the concept is that you're a bunch of monsters and demons trying to get back into hell and angels are keeping you out of hell and you need to like reignite the fires of hell uh and so like the angels are the bad guys and the mm-hmm. whole thing it's very fun but mm-hmm. it's also uh it's a card game yeah i mean i the thing is the thing that makes me most or excuse me least interested in any marvel or superhero game is when they're like yeah it's gonna be a third person action game and you know a will be jump and x will be punch and y will be heavy punch and like b will be grapple yeah right Right. Because, you know, I'm like, why are you doing a press release and telling me exactly what each button does? Like, that's not a very interesting way to advertise your game. Well, it also, um, it also no. is just like, here's the template and here's what... I mean, no, the I thing, know. though, yeah, the thing no. though is like, that's kind of what Guardians is, um, but yeah, it's, that's but it's also not. Yeah, that's why I completely not. checked out as soon as I saw it. But like, yeah, yeah, it is, but like it's, seem, it's seem heavily... Like it's done more. You yeah. actually don't spend... Honestly, like you spend so little time doing that that I actually wish you spent more and had more, yeah, <laughs> more yeah. freedom to do that yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, and I will say, too, like with Marvel's Midnight Suns, I actually don't... Because the other option is, like, I actually don't just want the Marvel's Ultimate, um, Marvel Ultimates, you know, like Marvel Ultimates 3, um, mm-hmm. was fun, but didn't capture the nostalgia that I had for the, the first one, which was so amazing um, yeah. and so enjoyable, which probably is, you know, it says as much about me as it does about the game, potentially. Um, but I don't want Marvel's Midnight Suns to be that, I guess, either. So it's like, all right, if they're going to if they're gonna do something different. I guess what I've always wanted, and I think Guardians actually probably captures this better than... Than anything else has um, is basically just Mass Effect, but with Marvel characters, you know. So like, mm, I sure. kind of just yeah. want to be Magic playing Mass Effect. You know what I mean? Um, mm. You mean like just a lot of like like a RPG with like a lot more story and characters chatting and like yeah. branching paths and stuff. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, like, yeah that's exactly with, that. With like yeah, yeah, that sounds fun. I mean, you know, the thing is like superhero comics are such a wide variety of things that you could have. You know, there's like <laughs> video games are, have so many different styles and varieties. There's a million different things you could do with it, and they uh, they usually just default to third person ca- character action. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see them do something new. I'm, it's, I'm yeah, it seems that. like they're taking some some swings uh, between this and the uh, the Suicide Squad thing. They're doing that as well. That seems uh, like that could be interesting. The Suicide Squad game and Gotham Knights. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. It'll, do we want to uh, hopefully a good time for jump? for superhero video games coming up? Um, all right, I do want to answer. Yeah, a couple questions here, because um, this this relates to what we're talking about. Nineteen ninety four. Johannes X, thanks you for the question here in the Slack. So Zach and Sarah touched upon this last episode. Uh, you know, as we're rapidly approaching Clone Saga and Age of Apocalypse, what is your prior knowledge slash reading when it comes to both events, and what are your feelings going into them in the next weeks? Uh, I will say, uh, Clone Saga. I'm actually pretty excited to read the first part again. Um, which is what we're going to be covering in 1994. I remember liking it so much more than I expected because the reputation is so negative. Uh, and also, I actually don't remember that much about it, frankly, um, or like the specifics of how it plays out. So I'm, I'm tentatively pretty excited and, and honestly very excited to talk about it. Age of Apocalypse, I'm always excited for. It is like one of the top five reasons I'm a Marvel Comics fan, probably. Um, so yeah, the omnibus is loaded and ready to go, and do you I'm have always here. Both for of them? It. Do you have? Do you have the? Because uh, they have the omnibus, and then they have the like, what's it called? Omnibus appendix with everything related to it that's not like part of the main event. For Age of Apocalypse, mm-hmm. there's two omnibuses for it. There's like the the big one, and then there's the, uh, you know, I, I can't remember what they call it. Uh, just a second. Age I'd have to see books. what you're talking about because I thought the omnibus the omnibus I had is pretty complete. Um, no, in terms it's, of it's the huge. Accidents. No, I know because. Because they have one called the. Uh... There's not. A, there's not like. I mean, here's the thing about Eve Apocalypse. It's like it's all the X Men comics get rebooted. Is that there aren't like 
tie-ins, really. Is there like yeah, an Age of, Apoc- Age of Apocalypse, Apocalypse like Aftermath? Omnibus com- the Companion. So it's got, uh, let's what? see, X- X-Men Chronicles, Tales from the Age of Apocalypse, X-Men. Yeah, Link, these are the follow-ups. Styles. These are the follow-ups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's, they just call it that stuff companion. comes later. Um, okay. Yeah, that's that's good branding. Oh, yeah, there's stuff a bit here of a like up to like 2009. There's like Hulk Broken Worlds from 2009. Yeah, yeah. So it's anytime they revisited okay. the AOA in future comics is what that is. Uh, so you definitely yeah. do not need to read that with this. Um, although, you know, it'd be a fun follow-up if you like it. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, I, I think, you know, the only thing that makes me nervous about AOA is I know when we talk about it, like just no one else is going to be as fired up <laughs> because I have such affection and nostalgia for it like i don't you know like it's yeah it's just it's it's a personal love in a way that i don't expect a lot of people to share unless you had a similar comics journey i guess who's like spearheading the whole event is it like a team is there one person that's the thing about aoa is like it's really the x-men line like it's the whole line is sort of just in this world and uh and everyone has to deal with it so there's no you know like a traditional marvel comic would have you know it's it's main event running through it age of apocalypse doesn't have that um really because like i'm looking at the list right now from that omnibus right the 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 big one um and it says like uncanny x-men 302 to 321 so that's about 20 issues and then everything else is like astonishing x-men one through four factor x one through four X-Men 1 through Yeah, the, unc- the uncanny stuff is build up. Okay, so it's just like all these other little series. Did they and they It looks like everything else is like number 1 issues more or less. Yeah, they they relaunch everything, quote unquote. Oh, interesting. As like new oh. series, um I which is this now people would freak, X-Men? but you know, probably people freaked out then and we'll talk about that. Is 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 that the end of the uncanny X-Men run? No. The, like, the, no, it's not. Okay. So it must have it must have just kept that, going. That I'll have to look at exactly how that played out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. But but no, because it's not because it runs until 2011 with the numbering. Hmm. I, I'm excited. I uh, your your hype, you know, like will, will get me to to turn a uh, I, don't, I don't know try to try to be a little bit more like uh, like give a little more attention to it, right? Like I I do genuinely, you know, when when you say something is excellent, I, I do perk up a little bit. Well, I think uh, I think though the thing with but I see, but that's where I'm like I immediately want to. You're worried because you're like oh, Age of Apocalypse maybe. is not excellent in the way that I'm like Frank Miller's Daredevil is excellent. Like Age of yeah, Apocalypse okay. is not excellent comics. It is fun as hell. Um, it is it is a different thing, right? Like so, I'm like, it honestly, like it's like. If I was going to tell you, here's some music I love, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm like, okay, something critically acclaimed. I'm like, okay, I love Pavement's Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain. One of my favorite albums mm-hmm. of all time. Critically acclaimed, think it holds up, think it's truly excellent, right? I could hand that to you and be like, this is awesome. I would not hand you the official Peacemaker soundtrack by James Gunn. I saw you were listening to that. But on it's fun as hell. You about it. It's fun <laughs> as hell. And I love the intro song is like my favorite song I've, I've of this here, week yeah. Yeah, yeah. by, by so far. Um, so it's, it's that age of apocalypse is sleaze rock. It is the official Peacemaker soundtrack <laughs> equivalent of Marvel comics. And it's just a flipping blast. You have, if you're, here's the thing. I think if we go into Age of Apocalypse and we're like, let's talk about this super critically, it's going to be completely unappealing, I think. Well, kind, kind of like, I mean, not to bring it up in the exact same way, but like Secret Wars was this for a while. You love Secret Wars and like kind of recalibrating my expectations to just be like, this is kind of dumb fun. 
like I had a good time with that, right? And like <clears throat> critically, lots of issues with it. It's a little too long, and like you know some of the characters superfluous, blah blah blah, whatever. But like yeah, it's pretty fun. Like it's it's a good time if you're you know not walking and expecting it to be really good, sharply written superhero comics that also like impact the wide wider world. You know, yeah. If you yeah. kind of view it as as what it is, um. So like no, I can, I can I'm trying to I'm trying to set my expectations to be you know uh, how many. <laughs> issues or episodes are we going to read that over because it's quite large right we got to break it up yeah i think i think it's gonna so we'll probably you know because 94 is going to end maybe by the end of february we'll be done um in terms of the recordings or in terms of the publication uh so i'm thinking age of apocalypse maybe takes us from march 2022 until july 2025 is where my head's at um so and you know by the time we get to 2025 like I mean, we'll just see what the world looks like. <laughs> I mean, honestly, see if we're ready to move like, on. Looking, see if we're actually in the age of apocalypse. <laughs> at that I'm point. looking. I'm looking at your reading list here, and oh boy, uh, <clears throat> it kind of seems like it could be four or five episodes. <laughs> that might be. Uh, I have not. I have not even <clears throat> considered how we're gonna record or break it up yet. Well, you um, gotta get on it. I mean, you know, the thing should. is, like, the, it's somebody funny because it's it's gonna be largely for us. Uh, for our recording and stuff for me and charlotte mostly because like so many people are just going to read this whole thing well and that's kind of it is one of those things where i'm actually like we're probably if i if i say don't read the whole thing which you don't need to but it's because there's no like you could just read like the alpha some number one issues and then the omega Mm -hmm. right and kind of be like you know speed speed track through it and get a feel for what it was but that's not the age of apocalypse experience um you know so th- it goes for a couple of years too right so it spread, spreads over 95 and 96 so. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, so maybe must. we can split it up you know half one year half the other but then like on slots in 1996 so you know then we're back to where there's a, a whole entirely different uh x-men event although that one's only like six or seven issues i think onslaught yeah onslaught's like a you- billion issues it's no, you onslaught's have, you have even it as a, yeah yeah no you- onslaught we're absolutely gonna fast track because yeah, okay. it's you not it's here. not worth doing the journey but like onslaught is just it, it's as bulky if not more uh no it's actually it's definitely more because you get all the tie-ins with all the other books too onslaught's an absolute massive undertaking if you do the whole complete read um and it's not as worthwhile as as age of apocalypse but anyway we're getting ahead of ourselves um so that's that's what's coming down the line get ready to get stuck in a fun time get ready to get stuck in the peacemaker maker soundtrack with us because uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast but yeah i won't i won't bog us down too much i just gotta figure out exactly how we make that happen um speaking of peacemaker because i keep mentioning it zach wait, wait i i gotta bring up clone saga gotta talk about clone saga for a second oh I, you wanna say I about didn't yeah get... <clears throat> so officially say I am not excited about Clone Saga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm excited about Age of Apocalypse because I'm excited about seeing Apocalypse get cool. Uh, the little bit I know about the story sounds interesting. I've I've been on board with the like time travel, Cable Bishop, uh, like shenanigans going on. Like more or less, I've been into that kind of yeah. stuff, even if it's a little messy. Like so, and and I've been waiting for like Apocalypse has had a couple interesting moments, but I've been waiting for him to really like you know, step up and, and become the villain I've, like, wanted him to be. So I'm excited about that. Clone Saga, I have, like, nothing about the overarching idea of it, right? Like, oh, more clones, more Spider-Man clones. We're revisiting the clone stuff from the 70s. Is that Roger Stern, I think? The one who did the, uh, like, Gwen clone and Peter uh, Throne. It's is Jerry own. Conway, I believe. 
is it Jerry Conway? Yeah, throw, throwing his own clone into that uh, smokestack. Um, yeah, that that kind of stuff. Like, it was kind of fun there, but like, I'm just not like like if this was an art. The, the original clone saga is pretty good. I think. Yeah, the original oh. stuff is really fun. Yeah, Especially the like part the where there's a Gwen who just walks away. <laughs> Remember yeah, that? Yeah, and like real when I asked you and you're like, oh my god, I have no idea what happened to her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, like, it, it's just weird. It's kind of strange that they haven't revisited that because it's a perfect way just to bring Gwen back, right? Like the the amount which, of which restraint right? or forgetfulness. I don't know right, which it is. Restraint is that that's the, the that's the impressive part. Yeah, like the Ultimates didn't do this. The Ultimates killed off Gwen Stacy and then brought her back as the clone and we're like all right this is the new gwen she's back right <laughs> yeah know? like so uh, that's yeah, what you would very, expect very that would yeah. you, that's yeah. what you'd expect yeah the restraint marvel shows towards gwen um towards uncle ben towards thanos for a long time you know mm-hmm. for straight up decade those are like probably the most impressive in my view or the most surprising just because of what we think of now with the publisher where it's like has it been six months since they've died? <laughs> we better bring them back, you know? Like, what do you, just, it's this, everything. you can dance around spoilers if you want, because I only kind of vaguely know this. So I don't know the, the real impact of it. But DC's, DC's famously um, dead parents <laughs> in that, and their uh, resurrections lately. Like, is that handled well? Does that feel kind of like a dumb cash-in on that? Do you, do you have anything? Are you caught up with that stuff? You know what I'm talking about? DC's? Yeah, like, uh, I, I don't know, famously dead dads no, I got being it. back. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Um, okay. Are, so what, what's your question about it? Are they, do they well, show I mean, more restraint than Marvel? Like, if someone, yeah, should they have shown restraint and just like left it dead or is they doing something uh, interesting with they it? They have of late not, but I think historically do. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Restraint. Like, I know um, lately, like the last year or two. Well, I they, I think they, what you're referring to is actually a little different. <laughs> So okay, it's kind of maybe we can't talk about it without uh, getting into. I don't know how to talk about without spoiling it, but I I, yeah, okay, I mean I will right. say um you know like Marvel they're kind of this is something we talk about the Clone Saga, but like the build to the Clone Saga is like Peter's parents are back in the comics for a while. You know we talked about this briefly oh, with some of the yeah. stuff we touched on. Like Peter's <laughs> dad's just around, you know. <laughs> like yeah, we, yeah, yeah. it well, seems well, like we it read should those be comics, a... and he just walks in and he's just like, "Mom, Dad." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems like it should be a bigger deal, right? Because like Peter Parker famously orphaned <laughs> you know like famously yeah. taken in by his aunt and uncle um his parents being around feels like it's a big flipping deal uh the uh-huh. reason we don't concentrate on it a lot is because it's not <laughs> and it's a bad idea and we're going to talk about kind of the specifics of that in the clone saga you know like here, here's the thing yeah. at no point reading spider-man comics are like i wish peter's parents were around you know um that's not something i want ever Ever, ever, ever. Um, Uncle Ben, like, no, don't need it, but it would be better than Peter's parents. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that that, kind of answers answers my question. I don't don't think any, like, and remember, like, like Peter's parents suck. Like, there's, here's the thing, is like, there's no good Peter Parker's parents' story. Um, the, the annual where they secretly were murdered by the Red Skull because they were secret agents. Like, it is one of the weirder, wilder, and least necessary parts of Spider-Man's mythos. Like, it is just, it just doesn't work. Even in the moment, even when we're reading those Silver Age comics, you can just feel that it's like, oh, this doesn't fit. (laughs) This this doesn't work with the Spider-Man mythology. And then it goes, like, generally untouched for decades because it seems like most people agree, you know? Um, yeah. even though it's Which a, a Stanley joint. I do appreciate when like writers and readers all agree that this was a mistake and then you just kind of sweep it under the table. And, yeah. You know, and, and don't 
have to bring it i mean that's the the sins past thing that i think i was just talking about you don't have to resolve all continuity you just don't um and sometimes it works if you have a good idea but it better be a flipping good idea (laughs) because you just don't have to do it all right i agree uh although i would have uh i mean the thing about sins past is like if you're gonna bring it back you know like bring it back permanently and then continue it and continue it and continue it because it's just so good i could use if you're gonna bring it back retitle amazing spider-man amazing since past right yeah, thank you yeah <laughs> exactly it's yeah, like it's just event, uh, own it just can't get enough of okay all right peacemaker you want to talk to me about peacemaker uh i do any good i do so speaking of things that you would not expect <laughs> to have to have happened uh so peacemaker is on hbo the first three episode premiere debuted this week um this is a spinoff written and directed at least the first three episodes by james gunn following his suicide squad which we both really liked um, in my memory serves uh, Suicide Squad, which came out in 2021, was really good. Um, it was a good DC movie. Peacemaker is a spinoff of that, starring John Cena, you know, as his role. He and this is a spoiler here for Suicide Squad. Um, I don't even need to say it. I don't even need to say it. But he's around, and uh, and this is his story. Zach, it is so weird that it, like here's the thing: when I was seven, when I was seven years old, Zach, I said to my dad, I said, "Pa." Yeah. Pa, when I grow up, there's one thing I want. I want to see Boba Fett dance with Tusken Raiders, and I want to see Peacemaker get his due. Those are my two wishes as a little boy. As a little boy, and they're both happening, Zach. They're both happening simultaneously in the same same flipping week. It is just like, it's so weird. Let me say the good first. Peacemaker's really flipping fun. Um, I enjoy it a lot. It is not great. It is not excellent but it is fun as hell it's i mean it's like what if dc did deadpool and did it harder i guess in some ways like the sort of the crassness and the vulgarity and in some ways the violence gets to gets to up you know i'll go up a level um it kind of makes deadpool look like it's our light i think in some ways uh peacemaker is a fairly different character than deadpool but it has that same sort of glibness and a sort of just a caricature of everything superhero and just, you know, absolutely um, n- not taking itself seriously and not taking the superhero genre seriously. And Peacemaker is this ridiculous, um, ex- like like the Punisher taken to the absolute most conservative American douchebag extreme. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's really funny uh, at times. It's Sometimes I, I it's a, trying so hard to be funny that it's missing yeah. but because it's like it's trying very hard all the time and i think you feel the weight of that um but at the same time when it hits it hits really hard and just the tone like i said the sleaze rock soundtrack the intro which is like a sleaze rock dance routine by the entire cast is like my favorite thing in superhero tv um maybe ever I, it's it's kind of a blast i'm in i'm in on peacemaker do you so i mean i won't get into the specifics of the suicide squad but like in that movie, he does some decidedly pretty, like, nasty villainous stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm specifically thinking of one person he kills in the, <laughs> like, in slow motion. I think we literally see the inside of the person's chest cavity as he pierces their heart with a knife. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Like, we watch, and uh, and it, it's not a joke, and it's not like, haha, he's just, you know, like, like, like it, that is his straight villain turn. Did, how do they, like... Because I was watching this being like, I, I don't know. That's weird. They're doing a show about this guy. Like, yeah. it seems pretty uh, past so they, the point of, like, interesting 
redeemability here i don't know I yeah mean, not that i'm like the biggest fan of the character he killed or like care that much um, so so they do address that they do talk about it um okay i think it's a it's a core part of frankly what the show the the actual conversation it's trying to have which is like how do we feel empathy and how do we redeem a person like this um is 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 really something it's engaging with uh, they do yada yada a fair amount of the details <laughs> I think about how we get from point A to point B in a way that frankly I'm fine with. This is superhero comics. Um but the the stuff you're talking about specifically is like, yeah, that's part of it. Um that's that is referenced and it is mentioned. They do they literally do a previously on Suicide Squad to open episode 1 uh that will catch you up on everything you just mentioned. Um but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's I was you know, I think the piece I want to talk about is like I was pretty I was not going to watch this like the week of like, I was not like, oh, my gosh, Peacemaker's coming out. I have to watch this, even though I liked Suicide Squad. You know, like, I just wasn't in that mindset. Um, and then I'm trying to think what even happened. I think it was just, like, my wife and I were on HBO. She got really – she was like, I don't want to watch Succession. I don't think I like it. <laughs> I've been trying to get her into Succession. And we're like, okay, what are we going to watch? And I was like, will you try Peacemaker with me? Like, it was basically that, and she we tried it. Peacemaker, but not uh, Succession? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you did a bad job selling these shows. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I guess – no, Succession's very fun. I don't know. It's not. It's maybe. Maybe I can. It see does not start as fun as I remembered it. I gotta say that. Um, it's oh, not. Yeah. It doesn't start as as because f- the I, the characters take a little while to build. Actually, yeah, for a, sure. a fair amount I mean, of time. Uh, yeah. I anyway, I'll I'll keep you posted yeah, yeah. on on my Succession journey because my wife has agreed yeah. to catch up on season three with me because that's the one I haven't ah, seen. Good, good, good. Um. Yeah. But okay. So. Uh. But yeah. Uh, Peacemaker. I recommend checking it out. Um. I I think watch the first two episodes. Watch the first two, and if you're like, "No, nah, I don't need this," then you'll you'll know. Trust me, you'll know. Um, but it's uh, it's more fun than I expected. It's also just like it's so weird to live in this time where this DC character, most well known for inspiring Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons on the comedian in Watchmen, mm-hmm. like that is this character's legacy, is inspiring a riff <laughs> on yeah. the character. You know, um, like it, here's the thing. Like I was trying to think about, like, all right, I'm gonna make a peace more, peacemaker reading order for Comic Herald. It's impossible. There's like three books. You know, there's like there's the old Charlton comic stuff. Then there's Watchmen, basically, <laughs> and then yeah. there's and then there's now the rejuvenation of the character in Suicide Squad comics because of the movie. You know, yeah, like sure. that's the, I think there's a '90s miniseries somewhere in there. Oh, um, spe- speaking of which, this is this is uh, off off this path. But um, speaking of like comics rejuvenated because of uh, suicide squad have you been reading the dc universe infinite exclusive king shark series <laughs> you know it's on my uh it's on my to read because i've had okay. a, a possible interview with tim seeley for a while it's good i i, I think i read the first issue just because i was like scrolling around I'm, I'm reading so many like old comics on dc universe infinite for uh writing them my dc year list yeah and like sometimes like it just really makes me want to read like you just or like I just want to read something modern and like fun and lightweight. Sure. And uh, and I saw that and read it in the the first couple issues. Really, really good. Like super fun, super poppy. Um, yeah, I definitely like. I recommend checking that out. It's oh, I'm excited to check that out like, now. Yeah. Yeah, it's better than you'd think it would be. Um, and it like makes that character really fun. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm into King Shark now. I think um, I think I would say that honestly the same the same review of Peacemaker, which is it's better than you think it'd be. And, uh, you know, it's, it just, it doesn't even feel like a DC comics thing. Like there's a little bit of suicide squad reference. You get the occasional Arkham or bell rev. Um, 
you know mention kind of thing yeah. but it's just like but it just doesn't it doesn't feel like it's I, a dc thing it doesn't it feels more like james gunn's super um than it does mm, you know a dc sure. comics universe thing um yeah. also like it's crazy that you know in this boom of superhero movies which we're now on your 14 approaching 15 or whatever like the first character to just hardcore have sex is peacemaker <laughs> like <laughs> well, like the, first uh, superhero uh, sexy stuff the Marvel, the Marvel Netflix shows, they they had sex scenes. Do they? Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's memorable. You're right. You're right. Take it back, Jessica Jones. Yeah. Give her, give her props. Luke Cage, Luke Cage as well. Luke Cage is there too. Uh, um, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So that, that's that's true, but pr- probably not quite as explicit as uh, I, I'm assuming with John Cena's propensity for getting like pretty nude on camera. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, he does that. He does that thing. I, I, um, I, you know, I'm a big John like, Cena I, guy now. I, I didn't expect this oh, turn, he's, but he's he's, he's so really funny. good. He's really funny. He's a really he's a really good actor, and he's a really really funny screen presence. Like I, Trainwreck with um, Amy something Schumer. God, what's she, yeah Amy Schumer? Is is it Amy Schumer? It is Amy Schumer. Um, is uh he's he's easily the best part of that. He's so funny in that. Like that movie's not really worth watching. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, but like go on YouTube and just watch all the scenes with John Cena in it because like he kills it. He steals that whole movie. He's so yeah. good. Um, and then Suicide Squad, he was great in that. Like he, he's a really funny comedic actor. So uh, Peacemaker you know, okay, also so. stars um, in a supporting role. Uh, one of the women from Orange is the New Black, and yeah. I, I wish I could remember her name, but she's hilarious. She's so so awesome, and uh, I, it's a good cast all around. Yeah, I well, I saw that like um, Danielle Brooks. Danielle Brooks. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. I know her. Um, okay, so can I can I tell you why? I'm not really interested in this show, and I will watch it. I'm, I'm going to check it out. I'll, I'll make time for it at some point. Um, and, and this is embarrassing, so like I'm being vulnerable here. So no one, no one roast me for this. Okay, okay interesting, it, interesting setup. Okay, so <laughs> I, the the thing is, like, I don't have a defense for like being like I'm just not interested in this because it's you know it it just kind of looks like a you know a B. Uh, you know, a, a seven or eight out of ten yeah. TV show when there's so much good TV out there, blah blah blah. Which sure. is like my excuse for not watching most TV, right? Is that like there's so much good, like incredible TV that I like. I just really don't want to waste my time watching stuff that's like so so. Sure, yeah. Except that I watch every MCU show, right? So like, it, but part of that is like it's not for the podcast. I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm in on the MCU. And I kind of just need to see every little part of it that's moving. And DC doesn't have that. Oh yeah, like DC, like this is not part of a wider tableau of hmm. DC universe. It is not like weaving in the the larger thing. And there's less of an urgency to watch this. And I hate, I hate that that, that That's like, funny. That sounds more like is, me than it sounds like you. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm saying like it's embarrassing <laughs> for me because like, well, because I get those complaints. You know, I see people complaining like oh, you know, Black Widow, what does it add to the MCU? And I'm like, shut up. Like, it's a good movie. It's a fun spy movie. It doesn't <laughs> shut need up, nerd! To... Yeah. Well, I'm talking to you specifically. Oh, right, um, right, sorry. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, when it really comes down to it, there is something to, like, the MCU has just got me and I'm not going to miss anything, you know? Like, uh-huh. and that, and that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And DC has not, yeah. DC has not built that. And so, you know, watching something just because it's, I mean, if this had come out and people were like, this is incredible, then... Yeah, yeah, right. It's not at that level. More on my radar. Like, it's it's got, like, a 70 on Metacritic, you know, something like that. Although, like, Doom Patrol is that, where people are like, this is incredible. And it's, like, way up there on the list of shows I want to watch, but I still haven't made time for it, so... Doom Patrol's actually 
actually very good. Peacemaker. I know that's is, what it's. Peacemaker is, you know, kind of talking about with Age of Apocalypse. You like, know, like I said, a good fun time. Yeah, good fun time. If you if you aren't sure what you want to watch because your wife just bailed on Succession. <laughs> <laughs> here's okay. Here's my question. Yeah, is it half an hour long? Uh, no, they're long. Uh, well, actually, they're, they're, no, no, no. Let me let me backtrack. Um, the first episode is probably closer to an hour, but then after that, they start shortening. Um, I think the second one maybe is like forty-five. Kinda the like, third one's like forty. So uh, it does shorten a little, which it it needs. Um, this show should oh, not all, be an hour every episode. All written and directed by James Gunn. Yeah, that I had for, that I didn't realize. I thought he was just going to do the first episode. Um, but the whole well, thing there's, is there's some later that he didn't. No, there's some later he didn't direct, but like... Oh, no, I just mean what's available now, the first three. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know how much more he's doing. Uh, Yeah, it's... If you like the movie, again, I think the first two episodes are worth a shot. um, But you have to be just like in the mood for like... Basically, you're like, hey, I want to watch kind of like a wild superhero comedy. Um, Sure. And I don't expect it to be the best thing I'm going to watch this year. Um, and, And you'll probably have a decent time. But yeah, I mean, I think to your broader point, like that was... That was probably a big part of my hesitation, whether I was articulating it or not, which was, you know, like it's wholly disconnected from anything <laughs> like like as the D, like the dc universe right now is just this like smattering of disconnected which, takes on like on different characters degree, you see like but I people think. say they people think they like that but then unless something comes in with guns blazing and it gets yeah. that sterling reputation there's just less likelihood that i'm going to play I with skipped, it i skipped wonder woman 84 because i just heard it had a bad reputation i was at it was skippable opening weekend yeah you know and Eternals certainly is skippable. And that's like Eternals, you know, you're never like, that's the thing is like the MCU gets you so invested and, and we're so committed now. We're so pot committed where it's like, oh, this has 30% of Eternals. Well, I got to see why mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed yeah. to Wonder Woman where yeah. you might be like, oh, I don't want to waste two and a half hours. Um, I know. You know, it's so. embarrassing, right? <laughs> I don't, it's not. Uh, it's not. I mean, it's just fandom. It's not embarrassing. Like, it's yeah, just well, it's fandom it's, for a thing that. Um, that has being, shaped has, it has shaped you to the whims like... of its corporate um its corporate profit line. So Zach, you're yeah, just yeah. a cog in the big Disney machine. So I just yeah, exactly. you know, I mean the, the thing is like cog. I I do like the Cogsworth. idea that they can okay thank you <laughs> branch out from uh like the, the, the stylistic stagnant stagnation that the MCU has and like the Batman like I'm watching trailers for the Batman coming up I'm like look at look at this this looks like a movie right like <laughs> this is this has its own style the like the 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 it's so dark but like in a way that looks intentionally like constructed sure um so like I I'm really excited for the Batman you know maybe in a way that I haven't been really excited for MCU stuff in a while because I'm excited to see like a really new take on something um I think well, part like, of the problem with the looks, style, uh, the style really argument good. too, because for Peacemaker, yeah. I feel like that I'd be like, well, if you want style, go watch Peacemaker. Like it feels different than anything in the MCU by far. Um, hmm. Like, or even just like you know, basically what is now the Disney Plus aesthetic, which is yeah. Yeah, incredibly yeah. refined, never makes a mistake, just good-looking shows, right? Book of Boba Fett, good-looking show, not that exciting, not that visually impressive, but like. It's just not that visually distinct, I guess I should say. Like what they they just make everything look so flippin' easy. Um, and Peacemaker has style, but I think part of the problem with it is we'd already know that style because James Gunn's been doing it for a minute. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it, it's it, very it, much just his like when thing. We talked about the Suicide Squad. Like it's the Suicide Squad would have killed in twenty ten. In twenty twenty one, it's kind of like yeah, this is fun. Yeah, kind of been there, done that. And I th- I think that's very much where Peacemaker is. Uh, as I'm, well. I'm wondering how he's going to do Guardians of the Galaxy three, like if how he's going to 
you know, kick that up again, right? Like really, really not just like play the hits and just be like, yeah, it's going to be like rainbow colored uh, galaxies and uh, a 70s mixtape, right? Like I'm very curious if he's going to try to bring anything new or if it's just going to feel. I'm not going to, I kind of don't know that you need to change the palette so much as tighten the story, frankly. Um, Oh, come on. All right. We can't get into this. That's I'm I'm mad. All right, let let's talk about. Why would he? Uh, why would you reinvent? I mean, I don't know. It's like it's a franchise. Like you don't need to reinvent the palette and the the soundtrack. Like that is the that's the foundation of what Guardians is now to everyone. Um, you just need like a better narrative <laughs> flowing through it be- than Guardians Two. Guardians Two was incredible. The narrative's like one of the tightest in the MCU. No, the the ego stuff stinks. The ego stuff stinks. What are you talking Peter about? Peter having okay. visions of like celestials? It doesn't make any sense, Zach. It's no good. That's that's nuts. It's one of the It's a like, good looking movie. Tightly thematic with a like, garbage plot. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm I'm furious. And Drax is too mean to Mantis. No, my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, like everything you're saying is is wrong. I don't even remember. Peter has visions of celestials. Is that true? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why he does. Okay. Um yeah, all right. So um, James Gunn. All right. So, do, do you want to do Mega Talk or do you want to Guardians underrated on Peacemaker? Uh, all right. Let's. Uh, do I want to do what talk? Out of time here. Do yeah, I wanna, yeah. Do you want to answer some questions, rapid fire questions, and then we can shunt Manga into a different? Well, I just want to know. Okay, let's do. Manga. No, let's do Manga. So, so, uh, these questions are super quick. That different. Um, we can yeah. talk about this whenever. I, I know. Uh, so I know Akira. You're reading. Uh, you know, nineteen was it? Nineteen eighty two's Katushi Cat Catch. Jeez. Oh my God. Katsuhiro. You Otomo's. sound like an expert on uh, on this <laughs> medium. <laughs> Thank you, Katsu, Katsuhiro Tomo's uh, Akira from 1982. You read how many volumes of it? I've read now the first. Well, I don't know. This seems like there's a billion collections of this. I've read six, the first three volumes, volumes of what I've okay. what I Did have. You read the big the big books. They're the big, pretty hefty. Yeah. Because yeah, um, okay. here, like, here's a one thing: manga volume is like about an inch thick, right? So oh, like. The, much the, bigger these, than that. these are different right yeah this is a different style this is a different style i i read to the point where akira himself has his mm-hmm. first big explosive scene sure let's put it that way um okay. so now i've started book four which actually is probably the most interested i've been in a long time because now things feel like they're actually changing um so but here's one thing i want to say before we talk about the content and what i'm reading um everybody talks about like oh manga's so easy Right, like oh, it's, you know, American comics. Oh, it's so confusing. Manga, so easy. The manga collection scene is really messy. It's really messy and it's muddled. And when you look for how do I read this stuff, there's a lot of options, and it's not super clear um, what you're getting if you get like different sorts. Like some, you know, you have volumes that collect chapters or volumes that collect volumes that collect chapters, and then and and, and on and on that, and on. That, I think I think that's Akira. Specifically. No, Full Metal Alchemist general. has the same thing. It's just they well, put Full out Metal a lot Alchemist. of different um, versions yeah. of how you can read the thing, and it's not always super clear. Listen, I figured it yeah, out. I, I'm I a smart guy. I can do it, but it's not as easy. I, as I don't think it it's any different from like here's a bunch of trades. Here's an omnibus that collects the same thing as the trades. You know, I, I don't think I don't think it's actually. Yeah, no, it's the same idea. I'm just saying everybody makes manga sound so. Oh, start from chapter one, you idiot. Well, he, and it's like, well, that, like, that might manga, be confusing to someone. Here's the thing that's easier about manga. There's not like Akira Volume One that ran for five years, and then Akira Volume Two, which just continues Volume Volume One, but it's the same thing, but it's now labeled Volume Two, and that has a new number one in it. Right? That doesn't happen. Do, has but any manga ever 
rebooted or relaunched? <laughs> is that a thing? Uh, I'm sure, but they just call it something new, right? So, like, Naruto ends, and then it comes back as Baruto, which is, like, about his son. Dragon Ball is the example. Like, Dragon Ball just has a big break, and then it re... I don't know if it reboots, but it's just, like, here's the, the time jump, and now it's called Dragon Ball Z, and then there's Dragon Ball Super, Dragon Ball GT, whatever. See, so that's like, confusing. When they do, they generally distinguish it by name. Yeah, okay. Um, no, that's, that seems better. One. So, yeah, so I'm reading... Uh, I'm re- and, that's and where I'm at in Akira. Is, like... The, the the big difference with manga is you almost never get the American comic superhero comic thing of more than one people person working on a title over time, right? Like you either have the writer artist, the manga, yeah, because because it seems like these is it mangaka is that we call mangaka? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's, it's the same person writing and drawing most of the time. Sometimes there's teams, and a lot of them seem like, horribly overworked and kind of miserable. Uh, from oh, what I've yeah. gathered, oh t- totally. So totally. like the so thing the, you're saying as a pro here labor. has some some pretty human consequences. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm on the side of uh, of the big publishing companies, not the uh, the workers. You're in the pocket of big mega. As, no, we all, <laughs> we know this about No, I'm, you. I'm just saying for, uh, I didn't even think I said it was better. I just think it was different. Um, wow. Big mega. But like got someone else doesn't pick up Akira and keep working on it. Someone's not going to take over My Hero Academia, right? Like the writer is the writer. They are all creator owned. Like that, that, that thing doesn't happen where it's like, yeah, there've been hundreds of writers on batman there have been hundreds of writers on this manga it doesn't happen yeah so which is which is pretty appealing um i do think yeah. you know because so all right here's here's the manga experience i've had so far um i read naoki, naoki urasawa's pluto because i've heard tell that that is a great one i flip and loved it i absolutely yeah. loved it it's gonna go inside my top 20 best comics of all time for sure i don't know where exactly um i thought that was amazing Okay. Everything I've read since has been a bit of a letdown um, because I started with Pluto. (laughs) I feel like that. Well, okay. Here's the thing. Naoki Urasawa is like a little bit like the Alan Moore. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I've got. Like Like I was going to, I was going to go right into 21st century or 20th century boys. Um, I didn't because I was like, I should just finish Akira. And that feels increasingly like a mistake. (laughs) Okay. So here's the thing about Akira. You you came in the Slack and we're like, it's just, I don't know. I'm having a hard time getting invested. And I got, I got mad. I got I got steaming mad. I was yeah. I was fuming again, and then I realized that I've never read Pest Volume Two. Also, because <laughs> I just kind of lose interest. <laughs> so like, oh, man. I, I adore adore the movie. Uh-huh. Like the the movie is incredible. Never the seen. manga I think is a really really um, well constructed like kind of a masterpiece of manga. Like I think it's beautiful. I think the story is interesting and the characters are good. I think the pacing is really slow and really drags it down yeah and so i i kind of agree like the which it's there, slow like, while having like constant action i should be clear but like it, it, but it's just like running through like hallways chase scenes stuff like that where like just over and over and over and i i think it's just like i every time i read it i'm like okay i'm just gonna take a break and then i'll come back and read another volume which i, I think, enjoy but like it is not it's not that bingeable because it's it, it doesn't move from place to place to place. It's not giving you, you know, new stuff. So the pacing is quite, quite slow. Yeah. I, I think on a technical level, I'm super impressed by it. Like, it yeah, looks amazing. Yeah. I can tell how influential it's been um, visually. I think it's great. I have no, I'm not going to sit here and criticize Otomo for the visuals of Akira. Um, the plot is not super compelling to me at all. And given its reputation, and it's how just lauded this thing is as an all-timer. Um, I expected more of a Pluto experience. I expected more of a Watchmen experience, I suppose. Mm. Uh, and I'm actually getting just this really flat, 
middle of the road thing where I'm like, this looks great. Um, some of the stuff is, is really interesting, but I mean, I kind of, like you said, it's like, I feel like, yeah, if you condensed all this down to the influential animation, it's probably pretty good. No, I haven't seen it, but I'm guessing I would like that a lot more than reading through every volume. The, the, the artist here is the director of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I've I've seen that. Which means that he like got to condense it in the exact right way. Like he knows what's important and what matters. And it's a tight movie. It's like, it's pretty short. I think it's less than like 90 minutes. Um, so like maybe part of my affection for it and enjoying the manga when I've read it is that like I already really love the story from the movie, which does like move like that movie just moves sure. through it really quickly. And I think it's really well paced. Um, there's like, there's a the spirit where... and an attitude in the in the books that is super fun. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just like then, punk so like, gangs, to... you know, punk biker gangs, constant action, constant fighting and, and cursing out the man and, and they're kind little of stuff, right? Like they're not they're not even like good guys. Like, no, they're, no. They're, guys, they're yeah. kind of jerks. Right. Um, but the uh, returning to the manga after like loving the anime, I, I think maybe endeared me to it a little more because then I was like, OK, it's what I already love. But like more stretched out, a little more um, spaced out to like hang with these characters and like see the stuff at you know just just decompressed um so like the, maybe that that influenced my enjoyment because i do really like the manga but at the same time you're right but like it uh, you, you've read more of it than i have now so you know i don't really have a leg to stand on for getting too mad all right here's the thing i'm gonna get super mad about full metal alchemist it's not mm-hmm. doing it for you so all right so i read the first volume of full metal alchemist which for me you, was chapters so I saw you got, or it was you it was manga volumes one through three Okay, okay, so yeah, it's... you got all three, which I picked up this morning to skim through because I have these nice. <laughs> Here's something about the confusing uh, release of these. They're re-releasing them right now in hardcovers mm-hmm. that have one and a half volumes each in each volume. Uh, and then the title of these hardcovers is called Full Metal Alchemist, Full Metal Edition, yeah. which is really bad SEO. It's really hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> it tells you nothing about what's in them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, anyway, so like I, I, I looked over everything you read. So you read the first three volumes. Okay. Yes. Uh, which ends basically with, um, uh, Ed and Alphonse, uh, they are looking, they're on the hunt for the philosopher's stone and they kind of make their way to like a prison. Um, and it ends with, uh, them pretty wounded and, uh, yeah. accosted by, uh, lust and gluttony who've been kind of lingering in the background. Throughout yeah. this, um, it's it's really fun. Uh, I I've had a really good time reading this. I'm enjoying. My eyebrow is raised. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. All yeah, right, no, on. I I know. Um, I'm enjoying the goofiness of it a lot. You know, like mm-hmm. the character, um, Major Louis Armstrong, just being oh, God, goofy I... as hell and like flexing off his shirt constantly. Like that sensibility, I'm really enjoying a lot. Um, I, Hiromo Arakawa is the mangaka here doing Fullmetal Alchemist. I like the tone of it. I like um, the characters, and I like the characterization a lot. Uh, I think the challenge I'm having right now is, and so like, and so Full Metal Alchemist is like, you know, it's this world of where like, you know, alchemists are the superheroes, right? And there's different kinds of them, and they have different power sets. Um, and basically, the the journey here seems to be, you know, a journey to find the Philosopher's Stone so that Edward and Alphonse can get their bodies restored to normal and maybe resurrect their mother. I don't know if they're still trying to do that or not. Um, I'm gonna get the second. Volume Zach. I'm gonna get chapters mm-hmm. four or volumes okay. four through six. I do wanna I wanna give it that. Um I don't know that I'm gonna go much beyond that. It it feels I need a I need it to be a little meatier, I guess is what I what I'm feeling. Um I'm not it feels like a light fun time, 
but I'm not, mm-hmm. it doesn't have it hooks in me. It doesn't have its tendrils in me in terms of like why I should be super captivated to stay on this journey for a really long time. Um, I'm, I mean, I've, I've had a fine time. I definitely like it more than Akira. <laughs> like it's a lot more fun than Akira, uh, which feels, Akira feels like a total chore and Full Metal Alchemist mm-hmm. feels like um, a fun read just to like do have on the side uh, when I have time. Um, but just because of time constraints, I don't know how much further I would go. I don't know. Does it get a lot better past this point, do you think? So I, I, I picked it up again just to see because like the, the order of what happens is a little... It's confusing to me. I couldn't remember. The the beginning of it, especially, like, the first few chapters, really focus in on kind of a, like, it's like an episodic structure, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a chapter of them in this desert community that's being, Which is like, fine. You, you get to a, know them. Yeah. A preacher. Yeah, and I think it really uses the, like, here's a new assignment for them to go on each time to get, like, to know them. And then it does shift to, like, bigger picture stuff. Like, it, it's already kind of shifting. You get to Scar in the second now. volume. I right, like say. Scar, and then you're starting to meet the the larger characters of the like the out the state alchemists themselves. Roy Mustang, did you meet Hawkeye, the best Hawkeye? No, Mm-mm. Um, there, there, there's a Hawkeye in the show who's better than Clint Barton. She's uh, she's number one Hawkeye. Is it Kate? Um, it's uh, she's better than Kate. Sorry, she's, wow. uh, she's the best Hawkeye out there. She's even better than the Hawkeye from Mash. Now, now you're talking crazy. No, now know, you're talking sorry. crazy. But yeah, so I I think you know I I I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's quote unquote better and if you're going to like uh, get engaged with it more there's not like a i guess it better is subjective but i guess more of it's like does it turn does it kind of become something else when i talk about one piece right i tell people like you should and to to point it out um full my alchemist chapters are much bigger than most like weekly release chapters right like you read i think 11 chapters over the course of uh or 12 12 chapters over the course of these three volumes i think a normal i mean it's like 550 pages in this collection yeah it's pretty big yeah something like that but usually chapters are like 20 pages um and they go quick right like there's a lot less writing there's usually a lot less exposition um so like a mega chapter is generally a little shorter it um, reads it reads fine i mean it reads it reads the pacing is great yeah but like uh with one piece i'll usually be like right around chapter 100 when you're done with this arc if you're not on board, then you're not going to be on board. Yeah. Right? Like, that. that's when, like, it has shown you everything that it's kind of capable of. And it gets better. But, like, if you don't, if you're not into it by then, it's just not going to click for you. I don't know when the point is for that. But, like, it's coming soon. Because, like, it is starting to shift into this is about the larger concerns of this world. The, like, the bigger picture is coming out. And yeah, we're really, like, starting to focus on bigger picture stuff. Like, everything we're doing is kind of towards the ultimate goal here. You're starting to see lust and greed and you're starting to like get hints at the larger you know forces at play and it's not just that episode of the week like here's a new problem for them to solve here's a new case here's that little girl who got smushed into a dog <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was pretty gross um yeah that's uh that's kind of a all-time notorious uh horrifying is it yeah because it's uh yeah it's definitely a, a horror story that in a, a book that is not otherwise horrific um yeah i i think i definitely want to i want to keep going with this next big collection and give it that full shake and then you know by the end of that i'll see do i do i feel like i want to read a because you know it's it's the thing with these series that are you know this thing ran from 2001 to 2010 on a super regular cadence like there's just an absolute boatload of it um but the thing is i i will say it does go and tell one big story that i think like because when i think about the story i'm like it's it's kind of a perfectly big huge perfect arc right many arcs within a larger arc and everything ties up really well yeah it like really lands the um 
like sticks the landing here. Yeah. I think like everything coalesces into a, a just like perfectly oiled machine by the end of this. So it is not kind of like, okay, well the scar thing goes away, but you know, they conclude that and then we're on to the new arc and they conclude that, you know, sure. it's like the bigger concerns of this world are all moving towards that like end state and they all weave together. Yeah. Um, and it reminds me, so, like, it reminds me a little bit about what Ursa was playing with, with Pluto, you know, where scar comes from this, other territory where there was a civil war um and he's a, a survivor of that and has these kind of lingering oh it's not it's, you know his it's his revenge it's... mission is is based on that and you have yeah. edward's role as a state alchemist you know and kind of a cog in the military machinery so like there's some commentary and some some build up there that i'm i'm not uninvested in certainly um so th- there's yeah. still i think by the end of what i've read again volumes one through three there's still some mystery there's still some um lack of clarity around you know lust and gluttony and are the are the the seven deadly sins real in this world and what's their role and what are they trying to do and and all that stuff i like the structure i like the world building i like these characters a lot um it's a good start definitely i just i think if i read the next one and i'm kind of just just stuck in good i don't know that i'm going to stick with it i guess all right well that's fair i'm looking yeah i'm looking at the arc and if it's by the end of volume six which is the end of your like three in one volumes Mm mm-hmm if, if it hasn't grabbed you, then it probably won't. Um, I, I'm, I just wanted to ask, I think the big question for me with you and Manga, which is new, is like, how are you liking the the big shifts in tone, right? Because like, this is a comic that can go from like, this is cool, badass action. You've got some like serious fight scenes. We've got like life and death, people being, you know, uh, bodily in, or uh, fatally injured during fights too, like in the actual uh, illustrations, it gets very silly, right? Yeah. Like the way that she can illustrate the um the characters and like she'll show that you know edward is like you know yelling in the background because somebody's uh you know calling him short or something and she draws like these very simple little steaming you know a little character character it's like caricatures of her characters you know to to show mood and to set jokes but it like it swaps between that rapidly and it like that, that can be really jarring i think for someone like coming into um for manga and anime and it was for me like i remember reading this and just like it took it takes a long time for me to get on that wavelength but how's that like clicking with you i love that um i absolutely yeah, love that, it yeah no that that has not been that's a big part of what i enjoy about the series yeah. frankly um is that the willingness to be super silly to just try because i i think otherwise visually it actually could get a bit stale if it was just that sort of kinetic manga action you know i, I mm-hmm. don't know on that level and that's kind of the thing where like urusawa is my baseline where i'm like well this isn't this isn't as good. Um, or even Atomo, obviously, on, on Akira. You know, Full Mode Alchemist is more workmanlike. Um, but then you mix in, yeah, those those silly caricatures of characters with those huge emotions. Um, you know, it feels like watching a, a silly cartoon is my experience, you know, where I would yeah, be familiar sure. with these sorts of things. I really love the, the use of lettering and and captions to just say the thing that is happening you know so like you know if he's like if edward's angry there might be a caption that says furious at his own cell phone when he refers to himself as small when he's Mm -hmm. sneaking through you know like that stuff's really (laughs) funny um it's funny and i like the style and i love the tone of it so no i have i have zero problem with that it's in fact one of the reasons i've most enjoyed this Um, i think it's like that's something with one piece too that people bounce off because one piece is like really silly compared to this and like i read the first three chapters of one piece and i i like the silliness of it yeah so like that that piece of it is not i guess i don't know maybe it's maybe it's a little out of both sides of my mouth where i'm like yeah i like that stuff but then the book doesn't feel as weighty (laughs) or as meaty and it's like well it's probably not going to if it's 
a book with some silliness. Um, I think I think part of it is just you know I need to I need to be pot committed on. Yeah, I think I'm there's, a, do there's a level of buy-in to it. Because yeah. they are, I mean, kind of like Marvel Comics, right? Like, I think it would be easy for an adult to pick up a Marvel comic and be like, I don't know, it's, it's kind of silly, right? Like, where am I, where's where, where's the emotion supposed to come from? Where's the drama? Like, I mean, it's just a guy in some underwear, right? Like, so, like, I, I think there is a level of, like, trying to get on its wavelength, I guess. But, you know, that's that's a it's not a thing you can just say. Like, yeah, we'll just get on its wavelength and you'll enjoy it. Well, I do think a lot <laughs> of it, too, is just, like, the... It's just the page count, you know, where it's like with Pluto, I was like, all right, there's seven volumes of this and it's mm-hmm. a mystery the whole time and probably total, I don't know, it's like 700, 800 pages of manga. I uh, could be way off on that. I'm yeah. um, just kind of full metal alchemist is something like 27 volumes. Yeah. At, so it goes, you know, at 200 pages a pop or something which is like eight, it's, eight more of the volumes that you read. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, that is so much of this. So to be fully pocketed and reading it to the end. I guess that's part of maybe my biggest challenge with some of the manga stuff that is the most popular right now is being like, these series are so long running where if I'm like, well, I'm going to do the whole thing, then I'm stuck in that series for how long exactly? Well, I mean, I, you know, yeah, don't don't start One Piece then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, like One Piece one, is, one... is still going right. I, you know, you know, actually, I, I don't think I've told you this. One I mean, hundred volumes, just to point that out. Uh, yeah. You know what my favorite... Jeez, that's crazy. Um, yeah. I think my favorite uh, manga going into this was something I hadn't read, but I've watched the anime, which is One Punch Man. Um, mm, yeah, sure. The One Punch Man anime is so delightful. and Super it It's just... a good crossover hit, too, because people can watch it and be like, oh, this is kind of making fun of the stuff, but yeah. it is also it is kind of it as well. I, I adore yeah. that anime. <laughs> I, I think it's so funny and, and so f- smart at times, um, but I, I haven't read any of it before so uh, really, uh so that's, that's kind of my baseline good and uh that manga's good and it's on the shonen jump app which uh cannot recommend that enough two dollars a month and everything <laughs> access to the entire shonen jump catalog yeah which rules um, i will say i'm enjoying insane. doing all these in print um for yeah, my library I, I agree a lot I, I like uh too, but. yeah and i i will say pluto with pluto i conquered the manga reading dissonance i was having um where for the first maybe volume like, I felt like I was literally working out. Like, I felt like I was working a new muscle set, um, <laughs> yeah. reading right to left, like, truly, and, like, getting the habit. Now, now I feel super comfortable doing that and switching back to comics. But at first, I was like, it really felt like an effort. <laughs> it was, it was kind of yeah, weird. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, manga, not bad. That's my review. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd give manga probably um, three robot armor bodies without souls out of 3.3 right now. I'm, I'm pretty into it. All right, cool. So we'll we'll catch up on um, you know if I read I'll read the second collection here of Full Metal Alchemist we'll continue the the segment I think on a future variant uh, I definitely want to talk about it and kind of we can we can talk more a little bit about maybe this I, I like plot. this as like a, a thing in the background that I can because uh, you're just getting it from the library right so like yep mm-hmm. recommending yeah I I have more manga that I could uh, push that I think like would be good good stuff for you Death Note I'm really curious what you think about Death Note um, okay. Okay. That's yeah, no, I'm engaging. I'm pretty game to just kind of hop around and I mean, I guess that's part of the the thing with Full Metal Alchemist too where I'm like, you know, I, I kind of just want to get a feel for everything, I guess maybe. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. you know, I maybe instead of getting myself in the mindset of reading 27 volumes of these, I'm more just like, no, I'll read the first 6 and then I'll hop to something else and I'll get a feel and then maybe I'll come back to it if it's if I find it's one of the ones I enjoy the most. Um that's probably a more enjoyable experience for me just in terms of how I like to like to consume things. Um so cool. All right. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of like a little bit of like 
it's not the same because I read, I bought the box set that has all 27 volumes and read it, you know, in a couple weeks. Um, but like it, it is somewhat of being like, yeah, do you just, you're into X-Men? Well, you should just read the Claremont run. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, like, right, okay, right. Sit down and read the entire, like, I'm just getting into superhero comics, but the only thing I'm reading is Claremont X-Men. Um, you're like, well, I'm kind of curious what else is out there. Yeah, right. No, it's it's handing, I think handing people insanely long runs like that is is a bad way to start the the difference being that you know marvel and dc are somewhat a little bit made to be picked up and read anywhere and jump in to like oh check out this arc and check out this arc we're from alchemist in most mangas like here's a story start to finish you up you can't just jump in on you know issue 35 or whatever no it wouldn't make as much sense that that is that is the big difference yeah all right cool 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 Uh, so good wreck i'm enjoying it um but yeah we'll see uh we'll see how I feel about the second volume. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. This has been a wild and wanky conversation. Uh, an enjoyable variant cover. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back with 1994 Part 3 next week. Um, we're going to be reading... Uh, what was Part 3? I don't remember. Marvel Comics. You'll find them listed in the show notes. You can find everything we're reading. Oh, it's uh, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, and Force Works. Okay, yeah, that's an interesting conversation. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, Rick yeah, Jones Bachelor Party. Get ready for that. Great, great Rick Jones comics. Gotta just get get that out there as a Unheard hint. Unheard of unheard of but yeah they are pretty good uh so all right thanks for listening i'm dave you can find my stuff at comic carol he's at you can find him at my marvelous year on twitter Uh, music for the show is by disaster peace and you can find more ways to support the show at patreon.com slash my marvelous year or please rate and review on itunes if you are so inclined oh and you can now rate on spotify please do that Uh, as well i I went on spotify yesterday and that rating thing was gone so maybe it's gone if they started it and then dropped it immediately, that would be a weird bummer. Glad we didn't I, invest so, too much so, time I went Because I went to rate another podcast. Couldn't find it. I had listened to it. I couldn't find our rating anymore. It just had vanished. So, uh, yeah, maybe. We're well, hearing you it here first. It, then... Breaking. Breaking possible tech news. Yeah, it's Spotify gone. Spotify for right sake of the rating system. <laughs> we'll find out before our next episode. Thanks, everybody, yeah. for listening. And as always, we'll see you next year. See you next year. Uh-huh.